Let the church say amen. amen. Whether you're here with us or whether you're joining us abroad in social media land, you ought to say amen. You ought to thank the God of heaven for your ability to be here on today. We hope and we pray that God has delivered you for this day for a purpose. Hopefully your purpose is to be here so that you can fulfill that which God has left you down here to fulfill. And we thank the God of heaven for his mercy, for his goodness. And so each and every morning that you get up, you ought to say, thank you, Lord. Because I don't know about you, but I want to do better today than I did on yesterday. I know there's some stuff I could have done better yesterday, but God isn't done with me because he gave me today. And so I thank him for this time called today. And so it's our hope and our prayer that uh, you would be focused on what God has given you, not so much what you have lost, but what you still have. And thank the God of heaven uh, for that. And while, while, while you're there, let's remember all of our brothers and sisters and our friends uh, who've been lifted up in prayer, some who've had bereavement, been many among us, the Towns, the Claytons, the Thomas family, the Payne family, the Cooper family, the Seacrest, Brown, and Hill family, the Cobb family. Lord have mercy, it just goes on and on and on. But also all of those who have loved ones who are in hospitals under the care of doctors and nurses at this time, remember them in your prayer. Uh, Remember those who are being uh, treated for various illnesses, uh, in particular those who are struggling with the coronavirus as well. Remember them. Um, And um, whatever you want to believe is real. However you want to believe it got here is real. It's it's killing folk. It's making folk sick, but some folk are recovering. Bottom line is do your part to help to reduce the thing. So I don't matter what you think or however it got, it's killing folks. That's all you need to know. It's making folks sick, and some folks are going to have some prolonged issues with it. So pray for them and do your part. Amen? Mask up. It don't matter. It don't matter what you believe. Mask up. You got a responsibility to somebody, even if you ain't going to have a responsibility to yourself. And nothing wrong with dying. I just hope you're prepared for it. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. Let's go to Luke. Chapter 7. Brother Redden, you're hearing the book of Revelation, chapter 21. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And that's, that's, that's part of our lesson and very apropos. That's my fancy word for the day. Apropos as it relates to uh, our lesson uh, on this morning. As always, I appreciate the brothers who have been steadfast and unmovable, have been consistent uh, these many months in helping us to uh, lead the Lord's uh, people in worship, who have been innovative, who have embraced innovation. Uh, and allowed us to do the things that we're doing, and we're going to become even more innovative uh, as well. So uh, let, let's continue to uh, pray for these brothers and for their family, that God would bless them uh, in a mighty good way. Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, look at verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when they came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said unto her, Weep not. And he came, and he touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. He that was dead set up and began to speak, and he delivered him unto his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and 
that God has visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region and round about. Let's talk about this topic uh, this morning. Stop. You've carried death far enough. You've carried death far enough. If you've been with us these weeks, perhaps you've noticed I've spent a lot of time with Jesus in his miracles, looking at the things that he'd done. John told us that uh, Jesus did many things that were not written in this book. And, and if they had written down everything that he did, he said there wouldn't be enough books in the world to hold all the things. That, he, that means Jesus must have been doing an awful lot of helping and healing folk while he was here. When you think about what John said, he said, but... Those things are written. These that are written, they're written so that you might believe that he is the son of God. That you might believe that he is the one God sent for us. And, and, and so when you think about what Jesus did while he was down here on earth, you ought to, ought to think about the things as it relates to life and as it relates to death. And so this morning, for just a little while, while we, we, we walk with Jesus and while we walk with the disciples, while we walk with the crowd, it's important that you understand that you need to stop because you've carried death far enough. And so if you're familiar with Luke, if you remember uh, a few weeks ago, we were here and we were dealing with the centurion's faith as it relates to his servant. And he, he didn't even feel like, he was worthy enough to come and talk to Jesus himself. And he asked other folks, he said, I didn't even feel worthy enough, but I just know if you say a thing, the thing is going to be done. Jesus says, I have not so much as seen this type of faith. Well, as he was leaving this area, he would come near the gate of the city of Nain. And you're familiar with this text, I pray, because it is the widow of Nain. She doesn't have a name that we know of, but I know this. She wasn't named. I don't know her name. I know this, that she was known by name and is known by name to the Lord. I know this much. I know she was known by the people who were in the city with her. And so we, we, when we meet them and when we're walking with Jesus and we're walking with many of his disciples and we're with the crowd of folk in there and as you are pressed in there, you see that he comes to this gate. And as he gets to the gate of this city, he observes people coming out of this city and they have a person who was on uh, 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 this mat. This, this, this was, a, was, was something that they would carry the dead to their gravesite on, this beer, as they would call it. And he would see them walking out with them. And he would see all of the crowds and he would see this widow. And now remember, the text says that she was a widow, but now her son, her only son, had died. But you think for a minute. Women didn't have many means of income during this time. They, were, they, they didn't have the ability to, to work businesses and to work jobs. They were few and far and in between. They relied upon their husbands providing and caring for them. Say amen, somebody. Say amen, somebody now. Ain't nothing wrong with a man providing and taking care of his family. Matter of fact, he ain't ready for a woman until he got his own. He ought to have a good job going on. He ought to have something going on before he start talking about he want to take a woman to be his wife. Preacher, why you say all that? Because women are expensive. 
the low maintenance ones. Don't fool with them if you ain't ready to take care of them. And I, I personally don't believe there's anything wrong with taking care of them because it, it, I have learned that when I take care of mine, I reap the benefits back on the other end. So it works out. It's all equitable. But this woman, that ain't even part of the lesson. She had lost her husband, lost her means, and now she lost her only son. That's a tough way to be. You know, it, 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 it's never, in our minds, in our hearts, it is never proper for a parent to have to bury a child. Never. We, we, it's hard to wrap your mind around a thing like that. Look at our text this morning. Look at our text this morning now. Come on, who, whoever has the microphone, come on now, come on now. Start at verse number 12. Come on now. Now when he came nigh to, this mm -hmm. gate, to the gate of the city. Come on. Behold, uh -huh. there was a dead man carried out. Yeah, 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 come on. The only son of his mother. Uh-huh. And she was a widow. Yes. And much people of the city was with her. Yeah, uh, hold on, hold on, for just a minute, for just a minute, for just a minute. You know, you got to love people enough to grieve and hurt with them. Yeah, yeah. Give me from me 1 Corinthians chapter. You notice the text says, Brother Tony, the text says that, that she was coming out. There was a group of folk carrying her dead son. She was a widow. This was her only son. But there were much people with her. you got to learn to share in people's hurt and share in their grief. You don't have to know their name. You don't have to know their name to feel for them. Folk who lose their lives like this. You ought to hurt, man. I'm telling you, there's something wrong with folk dying unprepared unprepared you said why does God allow this because man chose death over life in the garden he chose death over life it was God's plan remember in the garden that man would be able to eat of the tree of life and live forever but when he violated the laws of God God said well all right you said you'd rather have death than to have life everlasting by my hand but God has given us a second chance and I thank God for a second chance. I sure thank him. Lord have mercy. Folk ain't going to give you but one shot, Brother Towns, down here. And if they give you another shot, Brother Clayton, they're going to remind you of what they done done for you. They're going to keep throwing your dirt back up in your face. Woo, I'm glad he said, well done, thou good and faithful. And that well done, thou good and perfect. I'm so glad he said that. Because I'm telling you, if he said perfect, none of us would be getting in. Be, heaven would be empty after judgment. <laughs> but everybody putting everybody in heaven after they die, mind you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 25 now. now. Now, as he's talking about the spiritual body of Christ, and he's talking about the members in his spiritual body, the church, and he's talking about Christians and their roles and their functions. Look at what he says about us. Uh huh. No disorder, no division. Come on. Same care. One for another. Doesn't even mean that you have a close relationship to Brother Neil. You ought to care for Brother Day the way you care for Brother Neil. Same care. You got to love folk enough to grieve with them and hurt with them. Same care. Come on and read. If one suffer, all the members suffer with them. All of us ought to suffer with them. Or one member be honored. When one is honored, all the members rejoice with them. Rejoice with them. Don't hate on them. 
when somebody among you come up, rejoice for them. Man, that's called some shared joy, some shared grief. And notice, now I love the beauty of this text because, Lord, I'm telling you, if anything has happened, I thank God for President Trump. Whether y'all understand it or not, I thank God for it because what he has done is he has been able, by Lord, the Lord allowing him to come into office, he has exposed the great hypocrisy among the people in America. And I thank God for it. Now the rest of the folk go understand that Christians ain't the only hypocrites. The rest of y'all are hypocrites too. The Christians just trying to be saved hypocrites. But President Trump has exposed the rest of you for hypocrites that you are. Because see, folk, you say, preacher, what you talking about? What did the, didn't the master just get through saying that if one grieve, we all ought to grieve. If one rejoice, we all ought to rejoice. Well, which one of you would dare to say why one of us is grieving? Well, what about the other body parts? All body parts matter. No, he said that if one is grieving, y'all grieve with him. Keep reading. Watch what he says. Uh-huh. You are the body of Christ and members in particular. Come on. And God has set y'all apart. Uh-huh. 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 He has set all of these different things down in the church. And listen, God wants us to care one for another. So if you are part of the nose, now that don't mean you nosy, but if you're part of the spiritual body that's the nose, if you grieve it, we got to grieve with you. We don't say, well... We, 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 what about the other body part? No, this part is grieving. Yeah. Grieve with them. Yeah. Because he gives attention to that which is unseemly, is what it would say in the text before. He will give attention to the lesser part. So if part of it is hurting, deal with the part that's hurting that's being neglected. Preacher, what you talking about? I'm talking about the hypocrisy of these folk who like to holler when people were hollering Black Lives Matter and they would holler up All Lives Matter. We know All Lives Matter. But when you see a part or a portion of you that is a part of your spiritual body or even a part of your country that is suffering, you ought to give attention to that which is suffering. I'm telling you, I, I thank God. I thank God for him because he has exposed the great hypocrisy of America. We got work to do in the church because some folk in the church have gotten caught up in this foolishness. And we got work to do in America. If America is going to be great, then these folk better start owning their hypocrisy. Because you can't come to repentance until you take some confession. And you ain't going to confess it until you own it and accept that you're wrong. Grieve with those who grieve. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And give attention to those who suffer. I, I, I tell folk, the book is right. God is right. He knows what he's talking about. And he's telling us, be careful y'all don't get caught up in all that foolishness. Because when judgment comes, if you found on the wrong side, you better be a saved hypocrite than a lost hypocrite. All right, now, here, preacher, how can you be a saved hypocrite? Because you don't always do what you say you are <laughs> all the time. Sometimes they dabble in a little hypocrisy. Not all, you're not perfect all the time. On Sundays now, when you gather up in here, you're perfect. I would gather to say, some of y'all, before you come in that door, you know you're imperfect because you're fussing in the car on the ride over. But as soon as you hit the door, good morning, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, perfect! You done carried that along with you for too long, and that hypocrisy will make you dead in your sins if you're not careful. Go, go back to our text. 
you, you got to learn how to love people enough. Notice that the Bible says that many people in the city came out with her. They were grieving with her. They were grieving. Go back to our text, Brother Tony. Come on. Go, go, go back to our text. Go back to our text. So, you, you, you know, there's some, there's some things that we, we got to learn to appreciate about life. We got to learn to appreciate about life. God, God knows that we need to love each other. And I'm telling you, you don't have to love everybody. You don't have to know everybody's name to love them and to hurt when they hurt. When you hear about folk who have lost loved ones around this country, you turn on that news, man, it ought to bother you. That lives have been lost, no matter how they were lost. That ought to bother you because we ought to love life. We ought to love life and we ought to love people. But but now notice, notice now, notice now. Life is not simply about getting over loss. I never tell people, oh, you get over it. But it's about learning to live through it and to hold your loved ones in your heart. Never, I, 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 don't, I don't tell people that I'm never going to get over loving somebody. Why should I? God put them in my life for a reason. I would never let go of the memories of my loved one. I hold them dear in my heart. But I ought not to carry the grief of death along with me. So I ought not to carry death too far. And sometimes we carry it too far. You say, well, preacher, how do you know? Because in Matthew 17, in verse 3 through 4, when, when Jesus was up there on the mountain, his transfiguration, remember, Moses and Elijah was there. And Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles. And by, the, the book says that he need barely even got the words out of his mouth. Good. The Lord said, no, 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 no. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. What, what, what's the point? Because Peter and the other Jews held Moses and Elijah in high regard. But in particular, Moses. Now, in, 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 in Luke 16, do you remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man? And the Lazarus said, well, Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. But the rich man was in torment. Y'all stop putting people in heaven, in hell, uh, when they die. They're in a place of waiting. They're either in paradise and being comforted, or they're in torment. All depends on how you live. We'll get to that in a minute. But now, 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 remember, the rich man was in torment. And he said, Father Abraham, send, send Lazarus back to warn my brothers. Because obviously his brothers was living as foul as he was and had the same attitude. Send my brothers so that they don't come here. Abraham said, they got, they got Moses and the prophets. <laughs> listen, they ought to listen to them. He said, no, no, my Lord. They will listen to someone who came back from the dead. That's what he said. He said, no, no. <laughs> They're not going to listen to somebody risen from the dead. They got Moses. They got the law. They know, they know exactly how they're supposed to live and what they're supposed to do. Isn't that something? Now we want to evangelize when we enjoy me. No, 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 no. See, he was telling that story from the perspective of the law that was in place during that time. He said, you got them. But see, what the point is, is they held Moses in high regard. That wasn't Moses' law. That was God's law that he gave to Moses. But the nation of Israel held Moses in such high esteem that they would mention Moses. And when they would mention Moses, they were speaking of the things that God did through him and the law that God had given through him. Because the law was given in the hands of a mediator. That was Moses. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, Brother Tony. Back to our text, Brother Tony. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, verse number verse number 13 now. Come on, come on. And when the Lord saw her, uh -huh. he had compassion on and her. And when he saw her, now, it was, 
he, when he saw her, he had compassion on her. What did he say to her? And said unto her, uh-huh. weep not. He said, woman, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Understand something. Understand something. Don't miss this. Don't miss this now this morning. God understands our loss, our hurt, and our pain. Peter says that we ought to cast all our cares upon him, for he careth for us. The brother read in your hero in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 through 4 in particular. God understands our loss. God understands our grief. God understands our pain. That's why he would put that in there to say that there is a time coming where there's not going to be any more of that. No more pain. No more suffering. No more death. God knows the impact that it has on the life. Now, 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 notice this. Death can have a greater impact on some than it will on others. Her husband was dead. Her only son was dead. That son may have been a means of income for her, of providing for her. Now, remember, it, 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 there was a man being carried on the gurney. Later on, Jesus is going to say, young man, get up. Well, by Jewish standard, anyone under 40 was considered a young man. That man, come on now, hello somebody, Some, come on now, so you, sometime you got to own it. And so, 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 the book teaches us that, 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 that anybody that has a widow in their family, my mother's a widow, her children have a responsibility to look in and care for their mama. She got five kids. Every single one of them has a responsibility that if she is in need of something, all five of them have a financial responsibility to their mama. Is that how it always works? No. I ain't going to even lie. I ain't going to stand here and lie to you and say it always works like that. It worked the way it really worked about three of us. Y'all can go and tell, y'all can go and tell my, my, my family that ain't the other two in here. It's about three of us that, that, that handle it. Because, see, y'all said, the brother in here saying, yeah, because they know exactly what I'm talking about. They know exactly what it is that everybody in the family is not going to do their part. So now mama is in need of something. I may be able to do it on my own with me and my wife, but if I can't, then guess what? I need to put my head together with my other siblings, and if mama, notice, needs something, and every once in a while if she wants something. Because I know, uh, and let, let me just go on country with y'all. I know her bought me some stuff I wanted. And I know your mama and daddy bought y'all some things y'all wanted that you know you didn't need. Yeah, and they say the woman, because during those times, there weren't many jobs she could get. Boy, daddy sure get the short stick. What if he was a widower? Y'all know, y'all already know why. Y'all already know why there ain't anybody putting nothing in there about the daddy. Because they know the daddy's going to go get him another woman. And daddy could go ahead. Come on, somebody. Let me get back to my text here. Brother Tony, how you let me get off of that? How you let me get off the fact that Jesus saw that woman. He knew the impact that this had on her. But he told her. The book said he had compassion. And he said, woman, don't cry. Don't cry. But he, he notice now, don't cry. But the Lord understands. The Lord understands. He wasn't telling her that she shouldn't grieve. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He was not telling her she should not grieve. That's not what he said. Grieving is a normal part of living when you lose someone that you love. I would be afraid if you don't grieve. 
So if you don't grieve, what that means is you never had an emotional or psychological connection to that person, or it was not a very good relationship that you had with them. Hello, somebody. And that's normal, right? But now if you've had had a, a good relationship with the person, you need to go through a process of grieving. It's unhealthy for you not to grieve. Because you're going to suppress all of that stuff, and it is going to manifest itself some other way if we're not careful. So he wasn't telling her not to grieve. He was telling her not to grieve for another reason in just a minute. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, what does it say, Brother Neil? But I will not have you to be ignorant. This is the Apostle Paul telling the brothers and sisters at Thessalonica, the church of Christ there, I would not have you to be ignorant. He says, I want you to know this thing. They had some questions. Yeah. Their question was about the what happens to the people who die in the Lord before Jesus come back? Because remember, he was only able to spend three Sabbath days in Thessalonica. Couldn't get them rooted and grounded when you compared it to close to three years in Corinth. Like he needed to and wanted to, so they had questions. Come on, come on, come on. Concerning them which are asleep. And he, he is gentle because he knows some folk can't handle death, so he uses the word, a euphemism for death called those who are asleep. I don't want you to be ignorant regarding those who have died. Come on now. That you so wait, 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 watch what he says. Now read this carefully. That you sorrow not, even as others like no folks who have no hope. He didn't tell them not to grieve. He said, "Don't grieve like people who have no hope." See, see, see. There are some folks who don't understand death in the perspective of life. And they grieve in a way that is not in alignment with what God wants and the way God wants them to grieve. Cutting their skin, marking their skin, tattooing their body, putting folk names all over their body. This was a commonplace in folk among Thessalonica and some of the cultures around that time. And that, this is what they would do. And they had life base. They pour out a little something for their dead homies then too. We didn't just come up with that, folk pouring out them 40s. That's not new. They've been doing that. They've been doing those libations. Africans have been doing that. They pour a little something out. They drink more than they pour out because folk don't waste no liquor. Bruh, come on now. They don't waste no good liquor in their mind. They, they, all they're gonna, they might do a cap. Boop, that's it. <laughs> but it, it, it's comical when you think about the stuff that we have done. But he says, don't you grieve like they grieve. And he said, don't grieve like people who have no hope. So automatically, if you stop right there at that verse, don't grieve like folk who have no hope. Well, who doesn't have any hope? Folk who don't believe that there's life after death. Folk believe that this is as good as it gets. And I, I, I surely don't believe that. Because as much as I put up with people down here on this earth, ain't no way in the world I want to die and have to go to the other side of life and still put up with foolishness. I do not, I do not want to deal with that. No, I don't want to deal, I'm, no. No, I, I'm like, oh Lord, I don't know. I don't want to come in there. I want to deal with them and all of that. Folk who have no hope just don't look at death the way it needs to be looked at. But see, the folk who have hope, the folk who have hope should grieve properly. The folk who don't have hope don't believe there's anything better than what we have in the world today. Those folk who have hope believe, now remember what hope means, the happy expectation of a good outcome. So then if I grieve, my loved one being lost, but I know that there's a good outcome, then I can understand when the Lord says, woman, 
weep not. He could tell her to weep not because he was simply letting her know, I got power over death. <laughs> I got power over death. So he could, he, while he was on earth, he could tell him don't weep not. Boy, didn't, didn't remember Lazarus. When Lazarus was dead, he didn't weep because Lazarus was dead. He wept because everybody else was hurting. But he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew what he was capable of. So he rolled up and he saw all of these people grieving with this woman. Knew it was her only son. And he said, woman, don't, don't, don't weep. Don't weep. Because hope personified was standing right there. You, you, you understand? We got hope. And the hope is that we will see him. But the hope personified was standing right there outside them gates. And he said, don't weep. No, 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 no. Peter, when Peter was proclaiming unto his audience in Acts chapter 2, and they said, man, we ain't drunk. This is only the third hour. But this is that which had been prophesied in the, the prophet Job. And he would get down to about verse number 22 and 23, and he would go on to start telling them, this Jesus whom you crucified, who you delivered up, and by wicked hands you slain and you crucified him. God raised him up from the dead because death could not hold him. So the one death couldn't hold, death had no power over him. So he could tell her, hope is right here. And notice what he does. Now notice what he does. Come on, come on, come on, go back to our text. Notice what he does. When he tells that woman, when he tells that woman, I, 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 I don't want you, to, I don't want you to, to, to grieve like everybody else is grieving because I'm right here. Your greatest hope is standing right here in the flesh, and it's right here. Come on and read. Now, come on. And he came and touched the beard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they that bear him uh-huh. stood still. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that, that's, that's what. Stop. Y'all done carried death far enough. See, some people carry death far too long. They were on their way out the city. Picture, picture us as we're in the audience with the master, and we're walking. And here we have stopped, and we're still in the area of Galilee, and we're with him, and we're in the crowd, and we're with him because we, we want him, well, Lord, you done showed us what you can do. We, we're listening to your words, and where we going to go, Lord, you got the words of life, and we're all in the audience, and we're walking with him, and he tells him, and he just touches the beard, stop. Y'all have carried death far enough. <laughs> Y'all have carried death far enough. You ain't going any further. You, you, Lord, isn't, that, isn't that something else? That the hope, hope personified is standing there. And hope personified says, stop. Stop. And they couldn't go any further. Now read our text. Come on, Brother Tony. Come on, come on, come on. And he said. And what did he say? Young man. Young man. I say unto thee. I say unto you. Arise. Arise. And he that was dead sat up. He that was dead. Come come on. Let 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 me get to this. We got to learn. We got to teach folk down here. We saved hypocrites got to teach folk down here, and we have to embrace, and then we have got to rest on God's promise. We got to do that. But if we who are his don't rest, embrace and rest on his promise, that death has no hold over us, that there is a greater resurrection coming, even than the resurrection this young man would have. Because the word he would use in telling him to get up is actually connected to resurrection. When you look at, you look at the word that's used there in the Greek, it has a connection to the resurrection. But now think about this for a minute. That young man who laid on that gurney 
like Lazarus, was raised up from the dead, but would die physically again. Would die again. And so we, 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 we got to embrace things beyond just like God has promised that we're going to see the faithful again. Isn't that right? God has promised that. God has promised a resurrection. We're back at 1 Thessalonians chapter 13 or chapter 4 and verse number 14. God has promised us a resurrection. And he, 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 he stops them. Death, you done gone too far. Young man, get up. He stood up. And he stopped talking. So you know he ain't dead because dead folk don't talk. You know, you know heard that saying, dead folk tell no lies. It's them live folk you got to worry about lying. Dead folk don't break in your house. It's them living folk you got to worry about breaking in your house, getting your stuff. I told you behind me is a, is a, is a, a funeral home and stuff like that. I'm okay with that because some of you folk are superstitious and you're not going to come around there. So, you, you know, so I'm good. Them folk not coming up out of there breaking into the house. I'm not worried about them. They dead. It's them live folk. I know ain't nobody going to come from over by that side over the fence into my yard because they too scared. They're not going to do it. Some of you folk won't walk in the cemetery because you're superstitious. <laughs> no. <laughs> where was we? We was in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 14. That's where we were. Come on and read. So if we believe. If we believe. Now, he said, don't grieve like them folk who have no hope. But the Lord has promised us a resurrection. Come on now. Even so, them uh-huh. which sleep in Jesus mm-hmm. will God bring with I will hope. I will hope if we, if we die in the Lord, we're going to be all right. Die faithful in the Lord. We're going to be all right. Come on and read. Come on and read. For this we say unto you. This we say unto you. By the word of the Lord. Brother Tony, get for me John chapter 5. By the word of the Lord. We which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, until the coming of the Lord we are not, he's telling the brothers and sisters at Thessalonica, the church of Christ at Thessalonica, we which are alive and remain when Jesus comes back, we're not going before those who have died in Christ. They're going first. They're going to be resurrected first. Come on and read. Come on and read. For the Lord himself, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, shall descend from heaven with a shout. With a shout with the voice of the archangel in, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says at the last trump, we shall all not trump, trumpet. But the text says trump. But y'all better get right because Trump didn't expose some stuff. All right now. God didn't use him. And you know, while I'm over there, when I told you he didn't expose the hypocrisy, it's been some of these same Christians and some of these same Americans who hooped and hollered. God let President Trump come into office. Well, didn't God let President Biden come into office too then? If we're going to use that reasoning, didn't he let him come into office? Hush up and stop fighting against God then. Stop all that fussing and complaining. You ain't fussing and complaining when he, you said he let President Trump. Church of Christ members too. Well, God brought him into power and brought him into office for a purpose. Well, ain't God letting President Biden in office elect President Biden in office? Hush your mouth and get back to the work of the Lord. Well, we got one more, couple more elections to deal with, a couple of runoffs. Don't y'all, don't, y'all, don't y'all get comfortable now. We got a couple more senators that's running off. Get out there and get your vote on now. Come on now. Don't, don't sleep. Don't sleep just voting in the presidential election. You got local elections. There's these folks in your local community who's affecting your pocket too. So you got to get right with them folks. But we should not perceive them which have gone on before us. Come on and read. And with the trump of God. With the trump of God. 
the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the air. So he is telling us this, that if any of us are alive when Jesus comes, then we'll always tell you, Acts chapter 1, you men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing up in the clouds? That same Jesus who you have seen risen and gone away in the clouds shall in like manner come also. When you go outside, you better look up. You never know when the master's coming back on the cloud. But I know in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. Mortality shall put on immortality. Corruptible shall put on incorruptible. Then the book says that when you time together, we are going to meet the Lord in the air where we shall ever be. He is not coming back down here to set up some thousand-year kingdom. If y'all still waiting on the kingdom, if you bought into that Jehovah's Witness false teaching, or if you sitting here and you bought into the false teaching of some rapture where he's setting up a thousand-year kingdom, you about 2,000 years too late. That kingdom has been here, and he done already set it up. Now, he ain't coming back down here. He gonna, him and the angels are going to come down here and purge. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air. I'm telling you, man, woo, I'm ready to go. When he say, come on, I'm ready to go. Well, now, some of y'all might say, I'm ready to go too. But then you say, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, am I? Well, that's a question you got to answer. That's a question you always have to answer each and every morning. Am I ready? Am I ready? Have I labored enough? Why? Because your resurrection is determined by your earthly obedience and your earthly service. John chapter 5, John chapter 5 and verse 26. Watch what the Bible says. Come on. For as the Father uh-huh. hath life in himself, Come on. so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. He has given in his Son to have life in himself. Come on now. And hath given him uh-huh. authority uh-huh. to execute judgment also, Oh, because oh. he is the Son of Man. Oh, I'm on metal. Oh, I'm on metal. God has given Jesus the authority to execute judgment. All you folk who keep, who keep saying that he is not worthy to be praised, if you back up a few verses in his text, you'll see that you are to worship the Son just like you worship the Father because God commanded it to be so. All of you who just think he's just a good man, all of the Muslims who think he's just another prophet, oh, you're going to be in some trouble because God said you give him honor just like you give the Father honor. God said that he is the one who is going to execute judgment. Oh, you better, you better get right with him. You better recognize that hope personified stood there for that woman but there's coming a time when you and I shall see judgment personified and then we're going to kneel and we are going to confess every tongue is going to confess and the Bible says every knee is going to bow because God has given him judgment come on and read come on and read marvel not at this don't be surprised about this come on for the hour is coming the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Come on. They that have done good. Those that have done good. Unto the resurrection of life. Unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil. Uh, unto the, the resurrection, resurrection of damnation. Lord have mercy. He said that all those. That, get for me Revelation 14. I can't leave without hitting that. I, uh, he, he, said, he said wait a minute now. He said wait, 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 wait. All of those in the grave. First Thessalonians 4 says that those who are alive and remain. Shall not go before those who are in the grave, who have died before Christ comes back. But now when we get to Revelation chapter 20, everybody is going to be at judgment. The grave is giving up the dead. The the, the seeds are giving up the dead. 
If they blow up the space station, whatever, if they die up there, they giving up the dead. Everybody is going. I'm telling you, you have carried death for far too long. But you got to look at it the right way. Now, now, now look, resurrection. For those who have done good, the resurrection unto life. Those who have done evil, the resurrection unto condemnation. So wait, wait a minute now. So, 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 so the it, it, resurrection, the type of resurrection you have is all determined by your earthly obedience, how you live down here. Revelation 14 and verse 13, watch this. Watch what he says about, about that resting and about those who die in the Lord. Come on now. And I heard a voice from heaven uh-huh. saying unto me, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back to that. Go back to that because we got all these folk down here who think they prophesying. I'm meddling today because I'm meddling today. Come on, come on and read. He said what? And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, uh-huh. Right. Now listen, if you want to know what God wants you to know, it's already written. Stop acting like you're coming up with a new word. Everything. He has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness is what 2 Peter 1 and verse number 3 says. He has given us, and therefore he told you, write. Write it down so folk can read. Write it down. You want to know, you got to get in the book. You want to know how you ought to see death? You got to know what the book teaches about life and death. Come on and read. Come on and read. I got to get to a close. Come on. Blessed are the dead. Which die in the Lord from henceforth. Watch this. Yea. Yea. Saith the Spirit. The Spirit that they may rest from their labors. And and their works do follow them. Listen, you got to obey the gospel, but there's a living, there's a way you got to be living down here to be acceptable in the sight of God. Now, remember, we're still connecting all of this back to our lessons where we've been dealing with these miracles of Jesus. Last week, we talked about the book of life. If your name isn't found written in the Lamb's book of life, you're going to be cast into the eternal lake of fire, where death and hell and the false prophets shall be tossed into the lake of fire. So now understand something. He says that how you live your life is going to be determined because he says that they shall rest from their labor and their works do follow them. God is looking at how you served in the kingdom. How have you let him use you? Uh, come on, how's he, how, how have you let him use you? And because that matters to him. You, you, you know, we spend a lot of time investing in an earthly retirement. You really ought to be laying up treasures in heaven to think about eternal retirement. We got, we got to have something to pull from. See, 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 did Jesus, when Jesus came to that young man and he stopped that beer, Brother Thomas, he, he, he needed to make sure that just that young man, understood. he said, young man, get up. Now, 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 I noticed this now. He said, get up. One command, but he did two things. He commanded death to let loose of that boy or that young man. Whatever causes death, let loose of it. Then he told the young man, get up. One command, two things. Death, turn him loose. Young man, get up. The Bible says he set up and he began talking. Jesus delivered him into his mind. If you're here this morning, you got to understand Jesus is calling you to get up live you didn't carry death for too long 
we who are Christians, we've got to look at death properly. Right. It's okay for us to grieve. Yeah. And you, I'm telling you, it is healthy to grieve. You need to go through a proper process of grief. And you, you need to do it in such a way that if you're a Christian, you are trusting and resting on the fact that God has said, if they've lived faithful, and if you live faithful, you'll see them again. you got to rest on that promise. Because that's the promise he's made, and he's told you, and he's told me, and he's told the rest of the world. Some believe, some don't. Death has no power over it. It won't hold you. And it's not about living down here eternally. We, we messed that up in the garden. We don't have access to that tree of life anymore. We, we, we can't look forward to that anymore. We are looking forward to being caught up together with them in the air where we yeah. shall ever be. Listen. Ephesians 2.1, Colossians 2.13. You were dead in the trespasses of your sins. Again, God has shown some folk that they are dead in the trespasses of their sins. And you, what we call them is zombies. They're walking around yeah. spiritually dead. But the Lord says, you got to die to that way of thinking. you got to die to that way of living. And I'm always keep going back to that because we are, we are a spiritual people who are dwelling in an earthly location among people who are not God's people. We cannot succumb to the thinking and the ideology of these people around us. We are a nation and a kingdom, and we can't have any division among us. We got to close ranks and be tight, and we got to be encouraging other folk that listen. We got a responsibility to folk. You may think it's okay for these folk to die from this coronavirus. That's fine. But some of them are dying unprepared to meet their maker. And if you're going to walk around in a very cavalier fashion and not wear your mask when you're out and about, or you're going to keep fooling around with a bunch of folk in them clubs, not Christians, mind in them places, gathering all them folk. And then you're going to fuss and argue about your right or whether you want to wear a mask or not. Well, then leave your seatbelt off. Leave your kids out to them, them, them child protective seats then if that's your ideology, if that's your thinking. Let's think like that. Don't put them babies in a child seat. That's your right. We don't want to tell you the law says put them in a child seat even though it's good for them. We don't want to tell you that seatbelts save lives even though it's good for them. Your mask. Don't do it. If that's the way you want to think. But you better know this and you better know it well. One day you're going to die. And if you die unprepared to meet your maker, there ain't going to be no hallelujah. There's going to be, Lord, can you send back so and so to tell my brother or my sister, warn them so they don't come here? He's going to be like, no, they got Jesus and the gospel. If they're not going to listen to one who did rise from the dead, <laughs> what makes you think they're going to listen to somebody who they don't know? Come talk to him. Look here. He's calling you to get up and live. That, 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 those are pictures of people who have been baptized and who are rising up out of that water. Preacher, why you got that? Let's look at Romans 6. I got the clothes. I got the clothes. I got the clothes. Come on, Thanksgiving is coming. Y'all going to be able to eat and be fat. Some of you at home, you ain't got nowhere to go. So that when the preachers are preaching, let them take their time. Brother John's up here next week. Let him take his time. Ain't like you got to go nowhere. You already at home, some of you. Let them preach. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 15. Come on and read. Brother Tony, you hold Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. Come on now. What then? What then? 
shall we sin? Because we are not under the law. I'm in a meddling mood. Just because you're Americans and you got your right to do this and other things, should you force your right on other people? Shouldn't you at least have enough love and compassion to wear your mask to social editions and to wash your hands? Go on and read. I'm going to quit meddling. I'm going to quit meddling. We are not under, but we are under grace. Should we just abuse the grace of God? Should we? Come on now. Certainly we shouldn't do that. Come on. Don't you know? If, if, if you yield yourself to foolish thinking and foolish ways and foolish ideologies, you are a slave to foolishness, period. If you yield yourself to sin, you are a servant of sin, period. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts. Ain't no middle ground. If sin is dominating and telling you how to think and how to do, sin is your master. Come on now. Come on. Come on. You his servant. Come on. Mm-hmm. Now remember, this letter is written to Christians. It's written to Christians in the Church of Christ at Rome. Come on and read. And that ain't the Catholic Church either, by the way. They weren't even formed just yet. They were about 300 years later before they would set up shop. Come on and read. Uh-huh. Come on. But God be thanks. You were, past tense, the servants of sin. You have obeyed from your heart. That pattern of teaching, which was delivered unto you, and then you were made free. Romans 6, at the beginning of the chapter, verse number 1, what does that Bible say? What shall we say then? Uh-huh. Shall we continue in sin, that Come grace may abound? He just said that, of course not. Come on. God forbid. Yes. How shall we uh-huh. that are dead to sin? We who are dead to sin. He's talking to Christians who have been Dead to sin, who are dead to sin. We who are dead to sin, come on now. Live any longer therein. How should we live any longer therein? How should we live in that life of sin? There was a time when we once lived according to sin. Sinful thoughts, sinful ways, sinful concepts. In in, in red light, green light, sometimes the the things that the nation accepts and, and teaches is sinful. But people embrace them. Come on, come on, come on. Know ye not. Don't you know. That so many of us, so as were baptized us, into Jesus Christ. baptized into Christ. Were baptized into his death. Were baptized into his death. Come on. Therefore, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Buried with him in, by baptism now. Listen, it is a burial. It ain't no sprinkling. It ain't no pouring. It is a burial. Come on now. That, that, like as Christ was just raised like from Christ the dead, was risen from the dead by the glory of the Father, by the glory of God. Even so, even so, we also should walk in the newness we of life. Should walk in the newness of life. He is telling you, listen, man, you you have carried sin around long enough, because sin, the payment for sin is death. You've carried it around long enough. Just as he told that young man, get up. Just as he stopped him from carrying. To the grave, till his final earthly resting place. He stopped him. He's trying to stop you now. And he's trying to say, get up. Get up. You've been dead for too long. You've gone too far with it. Get up. He's trying to call you unto a newness of life. But you've got to submit to his calling. He calls you by the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. 
You have to decide whether or not you believe the evidence of the gospel. The facts of the gospel are clear. Jesus Christ is his son. Remember, he's so persona. He stood there. That's why he could tell that woman, you, you don't need to weep. You, you, you can stop crying. <laughs> you can stop crying because I'm about to show you something that is applicable to all who would believe. Now, not a woman, the woman probably didn't even know who he was. The, the text didn't even bear out whether or not the woman had any faith. What enough for that? I'm coming to show you the power of God over there. <laughs> See, whether y'all believe it or not, I'm telling you God has power over death. And that one day, you're going to get up living somewhere in eternity. One day, you're going to live somewhere. You better get up now and then live right now so that when you die, you can get up right later. Man, that's the God we serve. You, you, you ain't, keep on playing with him. You ain't got to obey him. You ain't got to believe that he is the son of God. You ain't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't believe that he died for your sins and my sins. Don't believe that he got up the third day. That's okay. You'll get up to the, the resurrection of condemnation. But if you say you believe, Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please him by saying that you believe that there's some other way to the Lord other than through Jesus. Impossible to please him that way. Well, I think there's many ways to God. Well, then, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. Sadly mistaken. Impossible. I, I would have loved to heard that woman say, well, now, don't let him stop this, this beer. There's got to be somebody else who can raise up my son. There's got to be other ways that he can come up. No, just go and take him. Sir, move out the way. Let him just go and take him. He dead. Okay. That's what we're saying. That's exactly what we're saying. You've got to repent of your sins. That, that ideology you carried around in your heart for so long has led to spiritual death. The stench of sin is upon him. You've got to repent of it. Acts 17, 30, at the time of this ignorance, God winked that command. All men everywhere to repent. You must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth unto. It brings him to the place of salvation. We talked about that. UPS delivers your package unto your door. It does not come in your house unless you open the door and let them in. They bring it on your porch. It's been delivered unto your door and unto your porch. It ain't come in yet. Baptism is what allows us to come in to Christ. As many of us as were baptized into Christ is what the book of Romans says. We have been baptized into his death. You have to be taught. Notice all of those things. You have to be taught the truth. You have to believe the truth. The facts are the evidence of the gospel. Repent of your sins. Confess him as Lord. You must be baptized. Why? If you don't do all of the things before, get the right teaching. Your baptism invalid in the sight of God. Preacher, how you know that? That's what the evidence shows. That is the conclusion of the evidence. That is the conclusion of the evidence. Well, preacher, that's your interpretation. No, I see plenty of people who come in contact with the gospel. And those who believed and accepted were baptized. Same day, same hour of the night. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 16. And then the Lord washed away their sins. They came up out of that water, a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, now to walk in the newness of their life. They once were dead, but now they are alive. When you go down in that water of grave of baptism, God washes away all your past sins. It's almost as if you can hear him say, get up. Get up and live now. Live now for Christ. Live right. Add it to his son's spiritual body so that when we're part of that body, when one of my brothers or sisters loses a loved one, it ought to hurt me in my heart too because I know they're hurting. 
I may not be able to have a word that's going to soothe that hurt or do anything that's going to soothe that hurt, but I'm just going to hurt with you. I, ain't, I may not even understand all the pain you're feeling, but I'm just going to grieve with you. I might just need to sit there in silence and rock with you. Not say anything, but, but I do know this. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Because when we live faithful unto death, blessed are the dead in Christ. Blessed are the dead in Christ, for they shall now rest from their labor. Rest from their labor. And their works do follow them. That's the faithfulness God is talking about. Letting him use you in his kingdom, you living away so that people who once ran them streets with you can see the change in you. And they're going to be like, man, what happened to you? You can tell them, Doc, I realize I was living a dead life. And sin had me dead. But the master said, stop. I've carried this death for too long. Get up. Get up as together we stand and together we sing.